Warning. This is a world of heroes and villains, of adventure and adversity, of love and death. The characters portrayed in these stories come from varied walks of life, not all of them healthy, and the journey ahead is dangerous. Sessions may include strong language, suggestive situations, alcohol or drug use, depictions of violence against anyone and everyone, speciesism, classism, social elitism, self-harm, slavery, and death of characters or NPCs. The world can be a dark place, and sometimes bad things happen to good people. If these things make you uncomfortable, you may want to consider alternative listening, but ultimately, only you can decide whether or not this is the show for you. If it isn't, you're under no obligation to say, we hope you find what you're looking for. If it is, then we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Vanadia Origins, The Good Son. I am the narrator, and why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for the group? Hello, I'm Dunce. Um, it, uh, uh, judging by the mug, Trollkin, um, I'm about 8 foot 10, I have a hammer, um, and I'm just here to help and do the right thing on most days. I make mistakes, I'm still learning. Uh, well, ABC. It's all good. Uh, yeah, a ABCs and one, two, threes are a bit new, um, but yeah, that's me. Well, I'm really glad you could join us here. Um, the audience is uh, utterly heart wrenched that you're moving on to do something different with yourself. Um, but for you, obviously, it's a very healthy choice. You're a very young man thrust into a very large and very adult world and things are kind of crazy. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. So, let's um let's go back and we'll 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 start, you know, where it all begins. Um many people don't know this, but trollkin are born when a troll explores other avenues of satisfaction with not-troll creatures. Um, many don't survive to... You know, many um, victims of this don't survive to... you know, to, to have children and pregnancies are not assured, but sometimes this twisted tree bears fruit. And when it happens, you end up with young men and women like dunce um creatures trapped with one foot in the world of men and one foot in the world of monsters and it usually doesn't work out very well for anybody um dunce's story begins in the tiny town of kefas on the map over in ismith but still a small town as far as that goes and you were born to a woman named Lorna Abar, who at one point fancied herself a merchant and a, an adventurer and thought that she would travel over to uh, the eastern side of Scouty and make a name for herself and establish herself as something, to, to build a fortune and a name and to find a life of comfort that she did not have for herself in the little town she came from. And on the Dragon Spine Pass, she took the wrong path, found herself at the Monster Hive, uh, a tangled nest of honeycombs of caves that run for miles through the heart of the Dragon Spine Mountain Range. And by the time the patrols for the mountain range found her, it had already happened. And no offense to you, Dunce, but the damage had been done. Untaken. So she went home and discovered later in the event that she was with child, considering the course of things it wasn't difficult to determine who the father was. And that 
impowerful regeneration that trolls and their bloodline benefit from um, made any attempts to, to uh, terminate a pregnancy quite fruitless. So whether or not Lorna liked it, she, in the end, gave birth to a 24-inch, 30-pound baby that changed her life. Yep. There's, yeah, I, I, was, I was pretty big day one. Thank goodness she's a tough lady. So, um, why don't you, uh, you know, I don't want to tell your story for you. So why don't you, uh, why don't you tell the audience what it was like growing up as Don's? Um, very confusing, very lonely. Um, obviously with most of the people, um, I know of, um, and just who I am as a person, um, I knew that I looked different. I just didn't understand why it was such a big issue and such a big deal. Um, parents wouldn't let their kids play with me. Um, people ran from me or formed up larger groups and beat me. Um, I was mistreated by most of this town. I was the town punching bag. Um, and despite what a lot of people may think about the relationship I have with my mother, um, I understand. I my face reminds me of the worst time of her life. Um, and I can't falter for that doing damage. Um, and despite what anyone may think, I have forgiven her. Um, I hope that she's doing okay. Um, maybe one day I'll go back and check in just to make sure that she saw her dream through and became a very, very well-rounded, successful merchant. Um, but I want to be a little better off on my own before that happens. Um, but yeah, it was it was lonely. Um, definitely kind of stunted my development and my growth, not being really able to interact with people. I never got a formal education. Um, I had to listen at schoolhouse windows and being well over seven feet tall before I was five, just a little hard to hide in plain sight. Definitely that. Um, I would like to take this opportunity to dispel the myth about how old you really are. It's always been mm -hmm. kind of a question point because human age and maturation is one thing because it's human. It's a long progress over 18 years, 20 years, you know, to develop, to grow and evolve. Trolls... Um, reach their full physical maturation in three years. They grow, they become powerful, teeth, claws, and everything else. They become frightful and very dangerous very quickly. So how old are you, Dunce, really? Um, by all intents and purposes, goodness gracious, this is, this is the numbers part. Um, I'm still technically... I'm big, I'm more than three, obviously, because I'm almost done growing, I think. I hope. Door frames are kind of a pain. Mm. Um, and rooms, beds, chairs. Um, I want to say... I had to deal with snow. Fourteen Sounds times, right. give or take, yeah. Fourteen. Sounds about right. Fourteen years old. And growing up in Kefis was diff difficult for you. The uh, only person you could have really had any sort of rapport with never really got the chance to spend time with you, to meet you. Bologna, as uh, you encountered in uh, Halen's vision, uh, a young Tetracore girl about your age never had the opportunity to see you as much as she wanted to. You were both 
strangers in a strange land, as it were, just separated by the fact that your mother raised you the way she did, and Bologna's father raised her in much the polar opposite, whereas you would spend nights in the yard, not welcome in a house. She spent her times watching the rest of the world through a window. Except for the few moments that she managed to escape. Such as the night under the jasper tree when she gave you that blanket in the rain. Yeah, she was very, very kind to me. Perhaps there will be some possibility for a reconciliation later. For you two to meet under different terms. I'd like to thank her, absolutely. Yeah, or if nothing else, perhaps you'll find yourself in a kinder space. Mm Mm-hmm. Hopefully. We can hope. You were four when they finally ran you out from Kepha's. When they marshaled up their bands and people who'd come at you with sticks and rocks came at you with metal weapons and torches. And your mother watched from the stoop. Well, you begged for help and then finally just fled. It's a difficult scene for someone to process who hasn't lived it. For you, it must have been... There aren't words for anyone to encompass that. It was the first time my heart broke. And to follow, you spent the next six years wandering around uh, Northern Scotty picking up uh, I I, I would say stealing food where you could to survive but you always did your best to repay them they just never knew it was you who was fixing things Mm -hmm. I like to build stuff I like it's always been kind of my thing Um, and like you said I always wanted to make sure that if I happened to take something that wasn't mine, I would make sure to repay them in some way so I could um, repay them for their unwarranted kindness. Well, certainly. I mean, they didn't ask. It, it's, a, it's a gray line between theft and compensation, and also, given the circumstances, they had more than enough and you had nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody would have blamed you for stealing to survive. I mean, there are countless stories of urchin children in the streets of larger cities who did it um, without hesitation, who did it brazenly to survive, and there was always the comfortable consideration that, oh, there were children alone on the streets, but they're human children. More fair and welcome races, not trollkin. There's very little verbal sympathy for the children in your particular set. And over the course of time, as you did that and you worked, you your skills improved. Your natural aptitude for repair, for fixing things, putting things back the way they should be, evolved. You have a natural gift for that, as you, you would come to find more about later on. Mm-hmm. But when you were 10, you uh, attempted to fix a uh, wagon wheel on a wagon that you'd stowed away on to move you from Breckenridge to Jostin. And the merchant caught you in the middle of uh, your work. And uh, tell us about what happened. Um, well, as you saw, I stowed away, um, and I thought I would repay them back just by the wagon, because I'm kind of rough on, I'm rough on wagons. Um, 580 pounds worth of me, um, is a lot of weight for a wagon to take, especially with the fact that I don't know if anybody knows this. I'm very top heavy. Um, about two thirds of my body weight is between about my belly button and the top of my head. Um, so, um... I, I wanted to fix it. Um, 
and I was caught halfway through. Um, uh, I honestly haven't started fighting to defend myself until recently. Um, back when I was younger, I just kind of curled up and waited for it to stop hurting so much, um, or for the people who were hurting me to simply get bored or assume that I had learned my lesson and I would never come back ever again. Um, but that didn't happen this time. No, um, Mr. Carver, the merchant that you had encountered, was a, a less sympathetic or... He did not put, uh, he did not spell human with the same letters you would use to spell humane. And, um, rather than beat and leave you like the others had, he instead called on the caravan guards to shackle you. And you turned a tidy profit, um, when he sold you to the Mithril Mines. And the dragon's fine. You were ten years old in chains when they walked you into that place, that cavernous open maw that yawned and looked as if it were meant to swallow you when the man who ran the uh, the man who ran the mines smiled at you and said, You best make yourself comfortable, boy. You ain't never gonna see the light of day again in these parts. And they took you to the deepest levels of the Mithril Mine. And you became very acquainted with uh, Mithril and its mining and all the processes involved in it. Also, you became involved in learning that even people in the most unfortunate of circumstances did not develop the kind of camaraderie you might hope they would. How hmm. did the miners respond to you? Um, in fear, mostly. Uh, uh, to begin with, I was... Not to brush my own ego, I was the biggest thing down there. Um, by a bit. Um, and people thought I was going to cause trouble because in desperate situations people can be known to grasp at almost anything to make themselves feel better about their own hardships and situations. Um, and then when they realized that I was, in fairness, a softy, um, they treated me the same as anyone else would have. Um, and unlike in the past, um, I couldn't shell up. The guards would know. In fact, in some cases, they watched. Um, and the handful of times I tried to get away, I was put in solitary to work on my own. Um, in the dark, by myself. And it was horrible down there. It's why, um, if any of our viewers have been following the story, I was so hesitant to go into the well. Um, because not only was I headed back down into the dark after promising myself that I would never go there ever again, um, I was dealing with things that were a lot worse than any of the bullies that I had down there. An extremely rough time for you. Um, when the attack alarm was raised, the miners at the lower levels had cracked into a tunnel in the monster hive and a troll had gotten loose in the mines what did you expect being confronted by the other side of where you came from when that thing came out of the dark a good yeah as tall as you gnarled gray skin like old dead wood you know the the matted hair knotted with rough bone pieces and beads barely you know wearing wrapped in a a tattered shroud stolen from a merchant caravan wagon when it came out there with its teeth and it stumbled in on you and you saw what your mother had seen when you saw what the other side of your your origin looked like 
What 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 did that do? What was that like for you? Um, afterwards, I had a bit more sympathy for my mother, because um, to anyone listening to my fellow adventurers, you think I look rough. Um, it's it's not where my the monstrous side of my heritage is not fun to look at, um, and they get significantly bigger and more feral than me. Um, yeah, there's a absolutely horrifying moment in time. I thought that Dunce had, I thought that I thought my, I thought I was going to die down there and I wanted to see the sun again. Um, and that monster came through there and it looked at you and it stopped and it, it, it took you in and it sniffed you in that mire with weeks of sweat and grime from the rock dust on you and it it looked at you and then probably the last thing anyone expected it started to laugh that a horrible noise nasty ragged Flemish like a like a dying cancer patient's kind of wet rattle of a laugh as it and it looked at you and it smiled and it, it called you a pink skin. Looked to you as yet pink skin, soft, chewy. And then it's just stomped on past you up through the up through the catacomb. Left you there shackled down into the line where you were working. They killed it eventually, um, but it took some time. And it certainly, certainly didn't improve people's view of you when that thing came out. You probably would have died down there had it not been for the intervention of Duncan Stonefest. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else has picked up on this. Dunce... I... It's not that I don't believe in the gods, I just... didn't think that they wanted anything to do with me. I prayed every single day for... someone to send me something. I wasn't even... Towards the end of my time in the mines, I wasn't even banking on a friend. I was just hoping for somebody who didn't want to hurt me and didn't hate me. And for years, I got nothing. So I just assumed that Trollkins were beneath their assistance and their help. Um, and I thought I would spend the rest of my life alone and in more recent years down in that absolutely horrible place. It's a hell of a way to spend what could be a 300 year lifespan. And then you found Duncan. There you were down in the depths of the mine toiling away. And what you thought had been a mirage was this tiny little man watching you curiously while you dug into the rock. His gray beard, half-braided, kept in long. His, The whole of his figure round like a barrel. Stubby. And then he flagged over one of the guards and said, I want to speak to the man who runs the place. And they brought him down and he looked at him and he said, you know, your trollkin looks a little scrawny. Not going to get a lot of work out of that one. Tell you what, how about I buy him off you? Fifteen or um, a bottle of Dragonfire whiskey to share. What you say? Money changed hands. A toast transpired and within the hour you were sitting in the back of a wagon rolling off to God knows where. He was very confused. 
Um, I'd never been, uh, well, I guess that's not true. I've been bought. Well, the first time I was kind of just taken. Um, but yeah, I'd never been bought before. Um, by only one man who, if I had been of a different persuasion, didn't look like he could hold me. I mean, even by human standards, Duncan was pretty short. Um, but at the same time, magic exists, so I didn't dare run, and I learned at that point, don't speak unless you're spoken to, and even then you might still get slapped for opening your mouth. And Duncan took you home, took you to his his forge, clean and polished, and all the metal and the tools hung, everything in its place. He sat there in silence for what seemed like forever, and was probably only a few minutes before he looked at you and he said, Won't you have a name, son? Um, not really. All my mother ever called me was Dunce. Dunce? Yeah. Shine my shit. It's not a name. Is it not? If it's what your mum gave you, I suppose it matches then. Dunce it is. Hello, Dunce. My name is Duncan. Duncan Stonefist. You see... I've been watching you work down there for some time, toiling away in the mines. And, uh, you're strong. You've got a strong back. But you haven't got the face for it. There's too much gentle in your eyes. There's too much of that not wanting to be there. I'll tell you what, boy. My children have long left their own lives and they've no need for an old man anymore. I'll tell you this. Sir. I got a few good years left. What do you say you let me help make you into something better? Would you like to learn to be a blacksmith, Dunce? I've never tried. Um, well, I... doesn't matter. You can try now. I know you know how to hold a hammer. I know you know how to crack stone. Beating metal till it gives you the shape you want is not much different. It's just about being too stubborn to give up and too thick to let the heat get you. So what do you say? Do you want to learn to be a blacksmith boy? All right. I don't think I can go anywhere else. You can go wherever you want, boy. If you want to walk out that door, I won't stop you. I'm not telling you you have to be a smith. This isn't something you have to do. This isn't a command. You're a free man now. You can walk out that door, never come back if it makes you happy. But you're just going to go out there and God only knows before you end up in some other hole or worse. If you stay here, I can help you become a good, not a good, a better, a better man. You have the potential. You got a straight back and a strong arm. That's enough to get you started. What matters is whether or not you've got the dedication. You're iron ore, boy. You're gray, you're rough, you're heavy, you're thick, you're not terribly useful yet, but with a good hammering and heat to temper you can learn to shine so what do you say boy I'll stay good now go on over there and get yourself something to eat you look like skin and bones then we're going to go hose and wash you off so that you stop stinking up the place and then we're going to get you set and we're going to get you some decent pants I'm starting to get a little Awkward with everything at eye level. Sorry. It was 
not what you expected when you came out from the ground. But what was it? What were those two years you had with Duncan? What was that to you? The happiest two years I'd had so far. Um, he was kind. He was patient. Um, understood that with little to no education and not really even knowing how to speak very well, um, he just made it clear that he wanted to help me. Um, the clothing was a bit of a stretch because very few tailors make clothing in my size, so my kind just kind of grabs whatever cloth kind of fits over their shoulders, and that's about it. Um, the tunic and the cloak were things that I did in that time, just because even though I was currently apprenticed to a man who obviously didn't care what I looked like, which was also a new and very big relief on my part, um, I still, my, my, my presence still upset people. Um, I started to work just at night um, in the smithy because if I was there during the day, people wouldn't come in. Um, I have no doubt that Duncan's business suffered because he took me in, um, but it didn't seem to mind him, or at least he never said anything to me. Um, but he is the closest thing to a parent I've had so far. Um, and... I, I owe him I owe him my life. Without him I have no doubt I would have died in the mines. You spent two years at Duncan's shop before he told you that it was time to set out. For he told you that it was time for you to to make your own way. That you had the strength and you had the steel and you had the smarts to get you started. And as long as you didn't forget that you'd go anywhere you wanted. Now, he told you to go to Miradini because the town was... In his words, town's just busted up. It's too desperate to say no to a trollkin blacksmith. It may be a sore-shod way to get in, but it's a shop. It's a hearth and it's a place to stone. Once you're in there, once you have a sale, once you have a counter and a forge, all you have to do is prove, is show them what you can do, Dance, and you will be exceptional. You're off to the best start. You learned everything I taught you. You learned twice, three times as fast as my son. The love of the odd, the love of the craft is in you. You just have to want to refine it. And I know you do. I want you to take this. And he handed you that chest of money. He said, I want you to go forth. Go up there. Find a forge. Start your story. The next time I make my way up there, I want to see your name on that sign. And you bet your big green ass that I'm going to give you no end of hell if I see the slightest slough-shod, half-assed work in there. I know you can do better, and I expect better from you, boy. Yes, Duncan. Are you sure you won't be coming? I don't please. Last thing you need is an old man like me hanging on you. Shut up and give me a hug, boy. It's rude to leave your elders out. Dunce gives him... I hugged him that day. Um, it was sad to leave. Um, I miss him. I hope he'll get to see my work one day, and I hope so far in my adventures with my companions that I've done his name proud and he'd, he'd be proud of me. I don't think there's a question in that. I think you've done well. And you went to Miradini with the intention of starting a shop, of starting a craft of making a name and a brand for yourself. And Instead, you sidled up with a carnival of fools and <laughs> 
threw caution to the wind and did a number of things that you had promised yourself you would never do. But ultimately, it wasn't a bad experience all in all, was it? No. Carnivals of Fools is a bit harsh. They're okay. They're 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 good. They're good people. They want the world to do better. They want the world to be better. Um, getting coordinated is its own um, process. Um, sticking to a plan or agreeing to disagree or um, compromising is still kind of in the works. But they've they've done right by me um and even though we fought like people who had known each other for a lot longer than we actually have um, i'm going to miss them and i wish all of them well there's a saying it's family isn't the people who bring you into the world it's the people you choose to spend your life I think you did good with that. As rough and struggle as everything, whether it's your big sister or it's an overly self-critical werebore or the ever-questionable and chaotic Amaria and Halstead. He really needs to stop acting as if he should be on the front lines. He's very small. He is very small. And then you have hope. Not just the theoretical concept of it, but the <laughs> the winged party member who shares a love of uh, yarn working with you. You left them in a good place. I know that they'll do good things. Normally when we do Origins, everything kind of stops at the part where we talk about where you've got to now. But mm -hmm. since Dunce's story is not coming to an end so much as we're dog-airing the page for him, I thought that um, I thought we'd do things a little different. Um, I thought we would... Uh, talk about his return home to Meridini. But first, um, I wanted to uh, assure our audience that uh, Dunce's retiring from adventuring is in no measure um, our cast member's way of saying that he is um, bowing his way off the stage and out of the uh, performance. He's... Um, why don't you uh why don't you give everybody kind of a you know tell them about who you'll be coming back as tell them about the next character who'll be coming in very well and ben our wonderful narrator is completely right you kids ain't gonna get rid of me that easy um picture if you will a um a black panther that's probably a little larger than what you'd find in the wild Live, muscular, so black that it, when the light hits hit him just right, it shines as purple. Bright, bright green eyes, but they're a little too intelligent for the um, for an average creature. Only to have that panther once it gets close enough to you to stand up to his full height of six foot five. Um, and at this point, I would like to introduce to you all Lysander, a uh, lesser fell pool uh, who has committed his life to the blade. And that's about as far as he got. <laughs> um, abducted, very, very young, still suckling from his mother. Um, and the only black fell pool of his village, tribe. Um, he was very early put in to work to be a pet of sorts in rich people's houses, to be an accessory and an exotic piece to show off the wealth of whatever family had 
their hands on him, only to realize very soon on that having a wild animal or the next best thing to it in your home can be destructive for one's drapes and maybe on one's own safety. Um, finally escaping from a home, um, he soon uh, joined a, uh, I guess you would call it a uh, Assassin's Guild of sorts, um, and took up the uh, occupation as a spy master. Um, he, all he wants in life is to make sure that no one lives through what he did. Um, he wants to do right by people. He wants to do well by people. Um, but the biggest um, goal in his life is to simply find his siblings and his mother again. Um, all he remembers is a pair of very, very gentle eyes and a very, very calm and comforting voice. Um, and that's all he has. Um, he's a tough nut to crack, a little standoffish, uh, silent type. Not particularly. Silent type doesn't even begin to sum this guy up. Um, very, very seldom will he speak, um, simply because he doesn't see a point to it. He doesn't communicate very often. He simply proceeds. Um, but if you ever do get him to speak, I would recommend taking a second to listen to what he has to say. He's not the oldest cat on the block, but he's learned a couple of tricks that most people may find useful. Is this one going to be another gentle teenager with big eyes and a, and a heart on his sleeve? Um, neither I nor him knows where his heart is right now. Um, not having much of an upbringing in a childhood and being treated like an object more than a sentient being with his own thoughts and feelings, he's kind of closed himself off. Um, he's got a big old chip on his shoulder. Um, doe-eyed, not really. Kind-hearted, it takes a bit to get him to be nice on purpose. Um, but yeah, he's, at the end of the day, he does feel for his fellow Felpools and other demi-human races in the sense that they do get treated unfairly. Um, and they are seen as more as accessories or means to an end instead of people with their own lives, aspirations, and dreams that they'd like to achieve. Um, and he wants the world to be better for them. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's about it on Lysander. I think that's good. I think you've, uh, I think, um, if our, uh, um, chat bar is any indication, I think you've given the people something to get excited about. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. He's right. a, he's he's a cool cat. I'm excited for everybody to meet him. Indeed, this this I I I, I likewise am excited to see where the story goes once he's become a member of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and on to now what I think so many people, um, you included, have come for really, yeah, um, <laughs> to see what awaits Dunce on his return. Mm -hmm. so after your tearful goodbyes to the group and everything else um, Isaac steps to the side with you and he says um, we had a weird start I mean you know you were buried alive in a landslide when Riker triggered a trap I was briefly immaterial and able to carry on a conversation with you before I was to be flattened and liquefied by thousands of tons of sandy particulate. And um, you made a space. You saved my life in there. And um, I don't know if I ever said it, but thank you for that, Duns. I appreciate that you saved a complete stranger. I, I don't consider giving you a uh, giving you a role full of meat and vegetables to be the foundation for friendship or anything. It's been nice to have the opportunity to build one with you for the time we've had. Agreed. I'm glad I didn't give up that day. So am I. Yeah, you know, you're. I mean, if nothing else, you're a hell of a person to have at your back in battle. And, uh, <laughs> no pun intended, but you're one of the biggest men I know.
I don't Thank know if you. I need to clarify, but that also, I mean, emotional bigness, not physical bigness. Because you're obviously <laughs> very large, but you're also, you know, very well-intentioned and you have a good spirit. Thank you. Um, thank you for looking out for us as well. Well, um, you know, you're, they're all a good group of people. I mean, I am concerned almost daily when they wake up and launch themselves forward, but I appreciate a little bit of chaos in my life, I think. I uh, I gave up on my chaos a long time ago. So it's kind of nice to have some element of liveliness in my life. Yeah. Do you actually want to know why I'm th- I decided today was the day? I want to know everything you're willing to tell me. Dunce kind of looks back towards where his friends walked off. Because now that they have a common goal and something to focus on as a team. I'm not sure they need me anymore. And that's not me saying I think I'm useless. Oh, no, no. I I understand what you mean. And I... I don't think... I don't know. I don't think they need you in the conflicted... in the confrontational tactical realm of things, but I think that you are a much needed element of logic, which perhaps might seem unusual to you because you were not as educated when we first met. Um, your Nephilim mentor has uh, done a real number on your uh, on your uh, education. Yeah, it's, it's very, very odd. Um, I still use words out loud and then have to double-check to make sure I used it correctly. Well, I'll, I'll let you in on a secret. Even those of us who went to big fancy academies and whatnot, we do the same damn thing. <laughs> I think that your growth, your journey, moving away from them, is a good thing for you because... I think it's very easy for you to follow them and I don't think they that you have the same opportunity to grow and to expand and to feel the world for yourself. They're kind of a filter. A protective, well-intentioned filter, but nonetheless a filter. I think you stretching out and pursuing your own betterment is a good thing and by no means does that mean you don't ever have to come back I think they would have you in the hottest of hot moments if you said you wanted to come back maybe wonder and at the end of the day they do know all they have to do is call of course but I do think it's good that you're doing something for yourself. Everybody needs to do that at some point. I mean, Jesus Christ, Dunce, you're not even old enough to get married yet. Yeah, marriage. Yikes. Trust me, just start on finding a guy, girl, or whatever in between you're comfortable with and don't rush things. Trust me. My concern is more just due to the size differentiation. Um, um, the only person roughly my size that I found is Mata, and I know for a fact I'm not going to be able to handle that cat lady. <laughs> um, at the risk of making you incredibly uncomfortable, they have alchemical potions and things for that. Oh, boy. Well, uh, duly noted. <laughs> Dunce is looking very confused. You can see he's trying to fathom it, and it's not quite getting, don't, not quite clicking. He goes, don't think about it too hard. Later on, it's going to hit you like a brick, and you're going to go, oh, oh, oh. And you're probably going to curse me out, and that's okay. I, I've earned it. Uh, but, uh, all righty. 
I just wanted to say that it's been a real treat, Dance. I appreciate, I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you too, Isaac. Do me a favor, though. Keep on top of them if they decide to swing left again. I understand that they all have their own personal agendas and their own stuff going on, but they're, despite the arguments and self-interests, they, they work well together. I will do what I can to keep them on the good path, but ultimately, I can only herd cats for so long. Yeah. Alright, what do you say we get you down to the town? Sounds good. I promise... And- I promise I'll be gentle. I appreciate it. And Isaac uh, makes the gesture with his hands and says some words that don't quite make sense. And um, you see the ring appear in the ground, not under you this time, but off to the side. And um, once it completes, it creates a domed archway of light, and you can see the lights of Miradini beyond it. Be well. Let's go see what this damn demon lieutenant did to my city. <laughs> Be well, Dunce. You too. And Dunce walks through the portal. Okay. As you pass through the portal, the air changes. Your ears pop from the sudden change of elevation. And um, you find yourself outside of uh, Miradini and it appears deceptively normal. Um, you can see the what's left of the bathhouse cordoned off for where they've been working on it. You see people going about the streets as normal. Everything looks a lot like you left it. Dunce takes this. Can I pick up on anything that people are like saying? Is it just oh, normal yeah. content? Yeah, it's yeah. it's all normal conversation. It's just a lot of buzz there. Somebody's talking about how good the food at the suckling boar was. That you know they almost had to roll him out the door to get home. He's never loved bacon so much in his life, but he's a changed man. Um, Damn, I wish Riker had been here to hear that. Uh, they're talking about you know disappointment about the bathhouse. They're looking forward mm-hmm. to the uh, you know things being back up and running and. The town coming back together and and everything else, you know, it's it's a lot of normal conversation. Dunce kind of takes a minute, looks around. He was definitely ready for confrontation at best and a fight with goodness knows how many demons at worst. So he's just going to be like, okay, and he heads to Fandle Forge. Um, the walk through the street is normal. The people, um, as they encounter you, they, uh, they, they nod to you as they pass by, much the same as a lot of people normally do. The badge on your lapel, uh, with the pips that signify you as a hero of the city, um, apparently wins some confidence for you. As you make your way to the forge, you, uh, the lights are on. You can see the light of the forge flickering through the stained glass windows. And you, you let yourself in. The blast of heat rolls over you, banishing the night chill. As you walk in, Eleanor looks up and turns to you, and she smiles. Her her tan skin, you know, uh, glistening in the forge from the heat and everything. She goes, "Good evening, Dunce. Welcome back." Hello. Um. I came back by myself. Uh, the rest of my group um, went off to go do more heroic stuff. Um, I decided to come back and help Miradini in whatever way I can, and I think that that's best suited, and I think I'll start here. She smiles at you. It's a, it's a warm, genuine expression. She goes, You're good, Dunce. There's so much good in you. I hope you know that. I try my darndest. That's all any of us can do. Well, come on in, then. Let's get you set up and some food. Are you going to 
go um, pick up your room at the inn again, or? Um, eventually, yeah. Um, I'll pick up my room there. I think I'll also assist with the bathhouse during the day. I think that's um, good. They'll definitely appreciate the help. And then I'm going to start helping put this city together. Um, quick question. Everything seems like oddly normal, just because me and my group dealt with some stuff out of town. You hear the uh, the jingle of the door to the shop behind you. Dunce turns. It is uh, Lord Stoneblade standing in the door. He goes, good evening, Dunce. Imagine my surprise. Dunce turns very, very slowly and looks at him and he goes, mine too. Um, Eleanor goes, Lord Stoneblade, imagine my surprise. Well, when I'd heard that a body was found in the basement of your house, that we all thought you'd been killed. What an absolute surprise. No one was expecting you. He goes, indeed. Bit of a surprise, wasn't it? You know, Miss uh, Fandel, she goes, please call me Eleanor, my lord. It's it's fine. Please. You're a guest. And she goes, um, um, you know, your uh, apprentice here has broken some laws and made a bit of a spectacle. Broken out of a prison. Picked a fight with some nobles. Stolen property that didn't belong to him. Now Lenoa chuckles and she goes, I'm sure it's all a misunderstanding. Dunce is very good. He's a pure heart, that one. She playfully slugs your arm when she says that. Dunce kind of looks looks at her for a second and then just kind of stands there. He's he's not reaching for a hammer. His hands are down at his sides. And he goes, um, I think you're going to have to come with me, Dunce. Um, you see, we have some business to take care of. And Eleanor goes, oh, I'm sorry, Lord Stoneblade. You see, my apprentice has just come back and I need his help. We've got a lot of things to do. Rebuilding the town, and he's got some further training that needs to happen. He's got a full docket. And, uh, he says, no, you don't understand. And Eleanor chuckles, and she goes, no, you don't understand. And she takes off her eye patch, and she brushes her hair out of the way, and as she looks up, there's a huge scar that goes across the front of her face there as thick around as a thumb and um the eye in the socket is glimmering metal with a ruby set in the center of it and uh you hear kind of a clatter around you in the shop and as you watch a red haze of energy eclipses the swords and the axes and the hammers and the tools and they lift up off the racks on the wall and they begin to move about the room in a manner not unlike what Uber did during the conflict with Selene. And the full Ooh. suits of armor also light up and they step off their stands and pluck weapons out of the air and things like that. And Eleanor, um holds her hand off to the side and her blacksmith's hammer skitters across the anvil and it snaps into her palm. Dunst takes a second, looks around, and just goes, kind of shrugs like, oh, when in Rome, and he shrugs his shield off and pulls his one-handed hammer, and he looks at Stoneblade instead of demon douche canoe face, um, and he goes, you need to understand. Um, I've said this to another very, very bad person who made it a point to involve me in their business, I'm here to make sure that Miradini gets back on his feet. And I want to make it absolutely clear. And in the back of his head, Dunst to Klaxon goes, I need you for a moment. The, uh, the room becomes voluminous and dark. 
and you feel this thump, thump behind you. And you don't see it, but you can feel the presence of Claxon standing over you. Standing behind you with his sword in hand. And from the way Stoneblade's gaze tips up, he obviously sees something. I intend to make sure that Miradini rebuilds and is better than it was before. And let me make something perfectly clear to you, Stoneblade. I'm the monster that you think you know. If you decide to test me, I will bring the full might of what I have to bear. I'm calling in every favor I can muster, and I am using it to personally bury you. Eleanor chuckles, and she says, You know, he makes a good point, and... I've already fought in two Demon King Wars. I've killed a Demon General myself. They call me Eleanor the Red Steel for a reason. I haven't, but I'd be willing to start tonight. Klaxon's voice rings out in the dark and, and everything in the, in the room. And he says, My apprentice has much to learn, and I do not tarry for those who would interfere with a greater purpose. At this point, Stoneblade has shed his uh, the false image, and uh, he is the demon. Um, his face is uncertain. He doesn't know if he can take you. His confidence is shaken by what's presenting in front of him. He goes, you're making a powerful enemy, Dunce. So are you. That being said, you already tried to blow one of my friends out of the sky, so you already did. But... Eleanor says, um, you know, I think it's time we closed up the shop, Duns. Is there anything else we can do for you, my lord? He, uh, he gl his expression is, uh, the best scowl he can muster as uh, he steps back in through his own shadow and disappears from the room. And with his presence gone, the darkness is gone. Klaxon's looming physical essence is no longer in the room. The weapons have returned to their shelves. The armors have stepped back into their stands. Eleanor is currently brushing her hair out of the way so she can tuck her eye patch back in place. That was no. What? What do you mean, what? Stuff floated. She, is she, it all back to normal? Yeah. She's sh just like... <laughs> she shrugs and she goes, Dunce, I am not the same person I was when I served under the king. I left the service and I left the battles and... I decided rather than make weapons of war, I just wanted to make things. The desire to create doesn't mean you can't be a force to be reckoned with. It just means that there's more to who you are than a definition of violence. You don't have to be... A hammer isn't just a weapon. It's a tool. Just as it destroys, it builds houses. We can all be violent and angry, but we can also make beautiful, functional pieces of artwork. Isn't that why you came? Of course, yes. Well, I think you're in good company. Welcome home. We haven't, we haven't seen the last of him. Of course not. Evil rarely stays in the shadows. It will step up. But that's a conversation for the heroes. For the adventurers and for the people who have decided that their life's goal is to throw themselves in front of violent, painful death. You know, I I, uh, I lost an eye. 
And I, I lost an eye when Ravanastra shot me in the face with an arrow. I, 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 I took a hand axe to the face and it almost killed me. I, um... I've had my fill of heroics. I just want to make things. And I'm content to let the crazies and the heroes and the people who want to be preserved in history and story go about their way and I think I'd rather just build something. No. I don't think I've done enough yet to have earned a rest. But, um... There is one thing that I think is a decent idea. I don't think it's a good idea to start spreading the rumor that Stoneblade is actually Lord Demon Dumbface in disguise. I feel like there'll be mass panic. I agree. Um, also, I... No, one, no one has any right to believe a word I say. But, um... The only way I think we can do this is to slowly undermine him. Um, and I think I know where to start. And Dunce goes into his bag, takes out a very familiar garment bag and unzips it and looks at the suit that Halstead gave him. And he went, I've never worn one of these. And thank God he gave me instructions on how to keep it clean because I think I'm going to be wearing it a lot. But, um, I think it's time that uh, Miradini got reintroduced to the man who's known as Don Stonehammer. Why don't we talk about it over dinner? And we can figure out where to begin. Sounds good. I'm starving. Excellent. And I think that's a good place. I think we have successfully dog-eared this page. I think Dance's we have a well. story is not over. It's just set to the side for Lysander and the others to come through. Mm-hmm. I would like to thank everybody out there in Internet Land for coming and being here while we said goodbye to our sweet green boy and set his book aside so that we can pick it up and read it again another evening when we need a wholesome story. <laughs> Thank you, Internet, for letting me tell the story of this incredibly young, naive, to some extent sounded kind of stupid, but obviously pretty lovable dude. Thank you, guys. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next time, Internet. Good night. Take care. We love you. Love you.